You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. Oh, he did it! <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Telling me ahead of time, like when you're gonna put on that garbage that you're wearing today, you know, so I can just I can rep who I want to rep. You know what I mean? Oh, you, you offset it with your black and gold. Come on now, that's you know. Got to show some, at least somebody on the shows know what they talking about. You know what I mean? At least somebody has some credibility. Oh wow! What you been on? Hey man, can you believe we're a week out? This, I really can't. Time, like it's crazy. I really can't. I'm about to I'm about to publish this real quick. Of course, as like, we come on, the Chiefs announce a new roster update as well. So I feel like the the roster right now is a living, breathing document. It's it's changing by the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. People see the the cut day yesterday, but they think it's final. It's not because you got all these guys in waivers and guys that got released, and it's a big shuffling act, man. Guys going to IR, you know, it's, it's a lot of uh, putting the pieces together, to say the least. I think the key word, especially around yesterday, was initial. Like everybody keeps, everybody wants to squeeze yeah. by that initial. It's the initial fifty three. Just because that's how your team broke camp doesn't mean that's how they're going to eventually end their season. But we got plenty of time to get to that. We'll talk initial 53-man roster here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Episode 53, Aaron Ladd is here in Kansas City. Mark Gunnels is in L.A. Steven Serta is behind the board. And as Mark mentioned, we are one week and a day, depending on when you listen to us, die of the NFL season getting started from GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Chiefs Lions will save that for next week. We'll preview everything you need to know about that matchup next week. This week, all about the 53. We'll, of course, talk Chris Jones since he is officially on the did not report list for the world champions. How does that impact them going forward? We'll touch on that. Of course, digging into all the positions as far as the initial 53-man roster. And then Mark Gunnels is going to do something special, right? Usually he goes down to Vegas and finds y'all some winners down there. But this time around, we're, we're looking for the fantasy football heads. We're helping out all the uh, the people who are maybe getting ready for their draft at the last minute um, or have got some Chiefs on their roster that they already drafted in it, uh, either Dynasty or Keeper or whatever, and want a little outlook on the Kansas City Chiefs. Mark Gunnels has got you covered there with a sleeper that you will not want to miss this fantasy football draft season. couple housekeeping notes, if you will, before we jump into things. First and foremost, is something new, Mark. Have you checked this out yet, man? I know you. Uh, I know you on Arrowhead Pride every day. Have you Have you seen this new feature? Yeah, I have seen it actually. I retweeted it earlier today. Uh, it's really cool. Arrowhead Pride is just continuing to grow the brand here. Shout out to Pete Sweeney, by the way. You know, editor in chief. He's everything. Whatever you want to call him, he does everything. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you got more details on it. I'm sure. Absolutely. Not going to beat y'all over the head with it because it's been everywhere, but we want to make sure that we push y'all in this direction because it's some really good content here. Pete Sweeney, as part of our Arrowhead Pride premiere, new new section in the website now, an exclusive twice a week newsletter that is subscription based for all you Kansas City Chiefs heads, just $50 for the entire season, $50 for the entire season. You can't get that deal anywhere more. And and that's nothing considering Mark's giving you out winners. He's been giving you winners for, for the last like for free. winners for free, right? <laughs> so the the fifty is not, is nothing, man. Go check that out and 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 see if that's something that tickles your fancy in the Chiefs world. A couple more things before we get into it. Love making y'all part of the show. We'll see if anybody's rocking with us here. Oh yeah, we got plenty of people in the chat already rocking with us here on a Wednesday at six o'clock. That's when we record these shows. But 
if you want to chime in later, maybe you are working right now. Maybe you got something else on the mind. Maybe you uh, are a Royals fan still hanging on at the end of the season here, checking out what they got going on. You can always uh, hashtag C to C. Shout us out on social media. Uh, we love making y'all part of the show. Our voicemail line is 816-514-1267. Dylan Faulkner is checking us out on YouTube. Says, let's go Chiefs. Hopefully Chris Jones' situation is figured out. Thinks Mahomes will have a career year this year. Hefe KC is already in here. Uh, why have I been seeing Don't Leave Me Girl by Backstreet to Chris Jones? Wow, there, there, there's there's some folks that are on edge about this Chris Jones, and you were one of them. You know, you love to check the pulse of Chiefs Kingdom on Twitter. It sounds like you kind of turned the, and we're not gonna go too deep, obviously, but it's like you kind of turned the fence on, on Chris Jones now. No, I don't know why you say that. It's just uh, I'm taking the Andy Reid approach here. Next man up, the show goes on. I mean, I can't keep crying over sour milk, it's a game next week. So I want Chris Jones back, but what's the point crying about it? Let's jump right into our our, our Chiefs recap here. Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. The 53-man roster is here, and it's perfect. I want to make sure that we emphasize the word initial in this because it is a living, breathing document at this point in time. But a couple of noteworthy cuts and keeps, if you will, for the Kansas City Chiefs as they break camp and get ready to start the NFL season. I have four names written down here, so just have what you will with these four names, Mark, and then I'll I'll deal with who's left. Justin Ross, Shane Buchel, P. Ryan and Kennard, the noteworthy cuts and keeps. Who's most interesting from, from that bunch for you? I would say Kennard, a guy that you took a flyer on in the mid rounds just last year, I believe, not too long ago. And, yeah, last year. You know, yeah, I think uh, there was some thinking that he could be a, a future staple of that line, uh, maybe down the road, a guy that you can develop another late round, mid round offensive lineman that Brett Veach potentially found a sleeper in. So I think that was probably the most surprising for me out of all the, the names you just mentioned. I think Shane Buchel is a close second. Uh, I do believe that last game he played probably was the nail in the coffin for his era here in Kansas City, just too sporadic. I think uh, you want a more of a guy that's more stable and not going to take too many risks. That's just going to just go through the motions and not act like you're Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> every chance you get and try to do too many things out of structure. I think that's probably his problem there, but he was a big, uh, there he was close to Mahomes. They were friends. He's a Texas guy as well. So that did definitely surprise people. I think we all agree that Justin Ross, we knew he was gonna make the team after a while, you know, but back in April, we didn't think that, you know, it was a step by step, it was a step-by-step process to say the least. But I think as time went on, it was pretty obvious that, they're going to keep him around and have seven receivers. And then uh, Piron, I'll touch on Piron real quick too. Um, he is back on the practice squad though. I thought uh, that run though, I, I thought that run second yeah. preseason game where I guess the dump off pass where he makes that extra effort. I thought that yeah. was one of those things where maybe it kind of turned things in his favor, if you will. Yeah. And the question was, will you keep four running backs? Because they were not going to cut CEH as much as Chiefs Kingdom probably wanted that to happen. So it wasn't going to be a third running back with Piran being RB3. who'd have to be RB4, but they decided to keep three on the 53-man roster. But I'm actually surprised he didn't get picked up through waivers. So he is back on the practice squad. I don't think Justin Ross technically files in as a surprise, obviously, but I'll say it was definitely noteworthy. I think this is the punctuation yeah. to a story that we've kind of been writing for a while here. And I had some Chiefs fans chime in in my mentions because like you like you said, like earlier this offseason, it was still a no for me. It was still not still not sure how he fit in the entire picture. Yes, I think you never like to see guys get hurt, but Kadarius Tony kind of getting injured and the uncertainty surrounding his injury and Ross's emergence not only allowed him for more reps in camp and reps in practice and get familiarity with the offense and and get the opportunity of the void left behind by Tony. But quite simply, you know, we don't know when KT is back. Right. So you need to find other guys that will be able to fill in in that spot. And Ross pretty much did everything he was asked of in the preseason. I, I, I tweeted this out after the fade touchdown um, because that was just. 
that was exactly what they're hoping for from him, right? And and Brett Veach kind of gave voice to this a little bit. We'll get to the sound uh, here in a second. Brett Veach talked to the media on Wednesday uh, about Justin Ross and kind of his growth here. That red zone package where, where they're along the goal line and we saw them kind of use a lot of the stuff for Jody Fortson, um, that's kind of Justin Ross's role entering this year. I, I hope I didn't step on Brett Veach. Let's hear what he had to say specifically about Justin Ross cracking in, making the 53-man roster in Kansas City. I think um, first go back credit to the kid and credit to our training staff. It, you know, came here last year and had some injuries at Clemson and then had kind of another injury that progressively got worse here last year, but our docs identified it right off the, right off the bat and shut him down. And we just really, it, you know, put our trust in, in, in the kid and our training staff to get him to where he needs to be. Did that came out here in OTAs and it was a little bit of a feeling out process. And then I think like halfway through the OTAs, you can really start to see him get, that confidence up and that, you know, that belief up and he's just progressively gotten better. And, um, you know, with these young guys, as, as all of you guys know, I mean, there's so much verbiage in this playbook and there's so much dialogue and then there's so many, um, you know, tweaks to every assignment in regards to where they align and how they look at coverage and how they alter routes. And so it's, it's super complicated. And these guys over time start to figure it out. I think we'll see a big jump with sky, um, and I think what you'll see from both Justin and Rashi as, as the games go on, um, you'll see them probably have certain packages and that will bleed into, you know, hopefully they continue to grow and progress and produce on the field. And that will lead in, in, you know, to more utilization within the offense and then graduating from a package player to an every down receiver. And I think the hopes with all these young guys are for them to just gradually make that transition. And, and um, you know, I think we have a bunch of guys that are candidates to do this on this um, on this roster. And I think in the in the meantime, coach does a great job of finding what they do and putting them in positions to win to to, to gain their confidence and to help us on on game day. And like I said, if they're able to do that and then naturally progress over the volume they can handle for you know full course of a season. I think that hit on it right there. Kind of a long bite, but he got to it at the end. Justin Ross comes onto this roster as a guy who has a specific set of plays that they in situations that they see where he can impact the game. And then from there, he blossoms into fitting what they like to do scheme wise and the sky's the limit. But he breaks on initially right here as, in my opinion, that Jody Fortson type role where he's in the red zone, size, athletic ability, uh, go make a play. Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head. He'll be a goal line guy in the red zone using his size. He's the only receiver on this team that has that ability for jump ball situations. You know, you don't really see the Chiefs do those fade routes in the end zone more. It's you know, reverses or some little trickery, but just to have that guy that can go up one-on-one and you can trust him to come down with the ball is another another added dimension to this Chiefs offense that I'm really interested to see incorporated this year. And then Brett Veach mentioned about, you know, guys going from just being in certain packages to being every down receivers. And I made me think, I think out of the seven receivers that you have right now, I think you can only say, at this moment, there's only three guys that I think are every down receivers, and that is NVS, Sky Moore, and the much maligned Justin Watson. Ooh, you, you know, you're the that? one who you're the one who maligned him, by the way. I just want to make sure I put that out there. I'm not the only one that has maligned him. <laughs> but those are the only three guys that I feel like A. MVS and Watson have experience in chemistry. They've been in the system. And then Sky Moore's in year two. And, you know, obviously there's been a lot of talk about how he's supposed to make a big jump this year. And I think those only three guys right now I can comfortably say are every down receivers right now. I can't argue with you there, and hopefully I'm keeping up Wi-Fi-wise. Let's move along because there were some tough decisions that had to be made along the – you mentioned it, the quarterback room, only kept two there, and then the running backs as well. Some positions a little bit thinner, maybe because there was a little bit more in some areas that people didn't necessarily expect. There. Four linebackers last year. Casey keeps six on the initial roster this year. Um, and uh, then ten me. offensive linemen as well, which I thought was very interesting. A number that necessarily or that definitely jumped off the page when I first saw it. Ten offensive linemen and six linebackers. Of course, this was covered extensively on Arrowhead Pride. 
and this is an expert from an excerpt from a story that was written. Let me make sure I get to giving the guys some credit. It was Rocky, of course. Rocky does great work for AP. Writes, considering that Kansas City kept just four linebackers a year ago, it's easy to see why the team couldn't retain Michelle and just how much sway Dave Tobe has over roster decisions. The Chiefs also could be thinking without star tackle, def- defensive tackle Chris Jones, they will need as many bodies as possible in the second level to stop the run six linebackers 10 offensive linemen we've already started off this podcast saying that you know the the 53 is a living breathing document but for me especially with Andy Reid has been known to do in the past uh, a, a little bit surprising specific to the linebacker position I knew Drew Tranquil and some of those guys would be kept in but I wonder if these are just depth guys that are on there or possibly for moves later what are your thoughts on those specific positions being a little beefier yeah I think it's just depth um this this roster is very very talented I mean you're looking at the practice squad I see some guys in there I thought could have made it the 53 like a Matt Bushman for example or Ian Piron that we just mentioned a few minutes ago yeah, but I think it's just depth, uh, especially talking about the offensive line. I think uh, you're still scarred from what happened in the Super Bowl a few years ago against the Bucks. So <laughs> I, I, I really think uh, that has a lot to do with it because you can never have too many guys to protect Patrick Mahomes that you trust. So I, I think that definitely plays a part in that as well. How about some wheeling and dealing that was done as well? That's part of this whole process, and it was different this season specifically because of the cut-down day only being one. Brett Veach asked about that, went on the Wednesday presser, said, hey, I'm going to be honest, it was a little bit more difficult to make deals, but the Chiefs still managed to make two separate deals. Here's the details. One behind the wide receiver room, which we already knew it was crowded, and Amir Smith-Barset, who had been making plays consistently throughout the preseason for Kansas City, lands in Carolina who's dealing with some depth issues at wide receiver for a swap that involved 2025 seventh round picks. And then with Kansas city dealing with, of course, the ongoing holdout of Chris Jones along the defensive line, the chiefs make a deal in division for Raiders D tackle Neil Farrell jr. Uh, fifth, uh, excuse me, a fourth rounder last year in, out of the 2022 draft played in just nine games as a rookie and was actually spent the early weeks of training camps on the non-football injury list before being activated on August 9th. Let's hear from Brett Veach first about kind of the deals. All right, sir, to cut this, I forgot you told me what, what it specifically was about, but it was about a trade specifically, and then we'll give our opinion on the on the trades. It was really tough because we had a, a bunch of, of young players, a bunch of talented players, and a bunch of players that um, provide different, you know, elements to the game for us. And, and, you know, you talk about Amir and he was a guy that took advantage of every opportunity and it goes back to what coach always says, you know, one, you know, take the decision out of our hands. And then two, you know, this is also an audition for all 31 teams. And, you know, Amir certainly made the most of that opportunity. Um, you know, we typically keep five or six wideouts, and then with the progression of, of Justin Ross and then having Amir, Marsmet, Amir Smith-Marset come in here and answer the call and make plays every preseason game, um, credit to the kid. And, you know, when I called to talk to him, to tell him about the trade, I told him that, uh, you know, he's earned this and he has a chance to not have to worry and stress on that cutdown day um, because, you know, I mean, when the team trades for you, you, I mean, you know, you made a roster. And, and not only that, but I think, you know, he has a good chance to be active. There's, you know, there's one element where these guys want to make an active roster, but then they want to be active on game day. So he put himself in a position, came in here with the right mindset. And although the receiving room was very crowded and, you know, the odds were against him, he just went out and put the blinders on and, and took advantage of every opportunity he had. Um, made it tough on us, but then also showcased his talent to, to those other teams. And I'm sure there was a few other teams that would have put in a claim for him. Maybe they didn't want to trade with us. Um, and then Carolina, credit to them to just, you know, reaching out just to try and to make sure they get him, even though they are high on the claim. And, and now he's a chance to not only be on a three-man roster, but go out there and play and produce on Sunday. So certainly happy for him and um, wishing nothing but, nothing but the best. That was Chiefs General Manager Brett Veach on new Carolina Panthers wideout Amir Smith-Marset. Lego Maego, great username 
watching with us on YouTube. Two questions, says Marset. Two sad faces is gone. Sad to see him go. Could have been an asset. Still was an asset because you get something back in the trade and then hits on the other part of this. Thoughts on what the new D-tackle Neil Farrell can do for us. You start with either one of those on that, Mark Gunnels. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with Nick Farrell here. You know, this is a classic Brett Veach move. Going out there, a guy that was drafted in the mid-rounds last year, has some upside, went to LSU, didn't have a great rookie year with the Raiders, but you can maybe assume that a lot of that had to do with the situation that was around him. We know that Raiders defense is really, really bad outside of Max Crosby, so not the best situation for a rookie to go into, to say the least. You know, the thinking is bring him here in Kansas City under our coaching, Joe Cullen, one of the best defensive line coaches in the league, and maybe we can fix them, get them right, and max out that potential. So I, I think that was a pretty good move. You know, you just give up a late-round pick. It's worth the flyer. I, I think it was definitely worth the flyer there. So I'm not mad at that, especially with the uncertainty with Chris Jones right now. You don't know when he's going to come back. So just to add some extra beef there in the middle of the defensive line, I think was very, very needed. And I'll take the ISM part of this deal. I think he kind of knew, or I don't want to say he kind of knew, but Beach gave word to it in his long answer there, right? He went with the blinders on. I think if you're a Smith Marset and you go into a Chiefs camp looking around the room and say, oh, crap, there's no way I'm making this team no matter what. There's no, you don't open up yourself for an opportunity somewhere else, right? You go in. Uh, to St. Joe thinking, well, even if I do my absolute best, there's no way I break onto the team here. Yes, that could be true, but at the same time, you're shooting yourself in the foot for other opportunities. He comes in, balls out, uh, the long touchdown in uh, the the win over, crap, the Browns, uh, the yeah. last time out for Kansas City. And, and I think he played well in the New Orleans game as well, played well throughout the entire offseason and uh, the preseason play. It was always an uphill battle for him to, to to crack in over some of the guys that we already knew were in. It was always going to have to be, um, it, it was it was just going to be tough no matter what. I know there was a lot of rumblings about, oh, let's keep eight potentially, right? Like that was some of the thing. I, I think even you were stirring that up on, on social no, media. No, I wasn't. Stop lying on me. I did not. I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> the Chiefs were, and I think Sam McDowell writes for the star here in KC actually did a really deep dive on Kansas City's usage of their wideouts five, six, and seven, or, or, or five and six, because they hadn't kept seven up to this point yet. And really, they hadn't had much of a use on offense for those guys to begin with. So it's going to be very interesting. I think Pete even touched on it today with Veach asking him, like, how could you get value out of a sixth or seventh wideout in your system? Because it just isn't have isn't something that we've seen traditionally under Andy Reid. It, it, it's going to be something to monitor. It past just the specific situations of like the jump ball and the short yardage situations. How does KC plan to utilize all these guys? We know special teams is going to be away, but um, do do we see some more funky snow globe packages? Do we see guys lining up at what would traditionally be a fullback position? Uh, do they play more tight end? I, I don't know. I, I'm very curious to see how this all shakes out. I know ISM got us here, but um, it, it, this 53-man roster, give us a little bit more of the puzzle pieces, if you will. Yeah, I think when you're talking about the receiver room, I know I mentioned those three guys that I think are every down, and that was just from a – playbook standpoint guys that i think know every position but you also gotta throw in tony in that mix as well uh you're talking about the stable guys that you're gonna see get the bulk of the snaps at wide receiver and i think outside of those four it'll be a shuffling act you know you'll throw in a richie james in situationals maybe like the mccall hardman type of role a gadgety guy uh that can you know do the reverses and things of that nature then like i mentioned earlier justin ross a goal line red zone type of guy with his big body capabilities and then i think the odd man out is going to be rasheed rice i think uh you know i keep going back and forth on him can he be that rookie that breaks the mold of andy Reid's rookie curse but i don't know it's it's not enough room somebody is going to have to be the odd man out i think he may be rasheed rice is right on schedule for me you know he's making the rookie mistakes He's dropping the ones that he's supposed to be catching. He's catching the ones he's supposed to be dropping. You know, he to me, what I'm looking for with Rasheed Rice right now, and I think had we recorded this podcast 
right after the preseason game, I would have had a different stance, right? I would have been, oh, my goodness, he can't catch. He's Jamar Chase in the preseason all over again. I'm looking for a couple of different – beyond the catch. The catch will come. We saw that with Sky Moore and his drops. I guess I know it was special teams. But for Rasheed Rice, is, are you running the right route? Are you confident? Are you finishing the play? The finishing the play is not there yet, but it will come. Do you know the playbook, which we know something that is extremely tough for a young player to do? Um, it, I'm not too, too worried about Rasheed Rice just yet. You know a guy I am starting to get worried about, though? I think you know. Who's that? Uh, Tony? <laughs> Number 95, Sack Nation, Chris Jones, uh. has continued his holdout into what is now entering game week. By the time this hits uh, podcast platforms, it will officially be game week for the World Champion Chiefs. And since the last time we recorded, there have been some more cryptic tweets. I think the most cryptic tweet of them all was Chris Jones alluding to the fact that he could extend his holdout possibly into week eight of the regular season. If he shows up before week eight and plays out the rest of the season, that would be what he needs to fulfill the contract year requirement. But I can feel the tides turning and this is going to be a different Frank or not a different Frank Clark a different Chris Jones conversation than we've had previously because it is officially official. He's on the did not report list for Casey is not counting against the 53 man roster. I saw your tweet and it sounded like to me, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I have done that on this platform before pause, but I won't do that this time. <laughs> have you, have you changed your mind about Chris Jones playing for the chiefs this season? Um, I've changed my mind on the fact that I think he may miss games at this point, but it, it does him no good. He's going to have to play at some point. That's why he did mention week eight. That's a very important week as far as him occurring a, a season, because if not, it'll make it a lot easier for the Chiefs just to tag him and bring him back again. So he's going to have to play. It's just a matter of when does he report. Uh, I still don't think he's going to miss seven games. I don't see that. I think that's pretty excessive. But I, I do think there is a possibility now. I think it's actually likely that he will miss week one. And I didn't think I would get to this point. But how can I not now at the new information that we just got yesterday? So I, I think we are here. We got some new information today as well. That's Wednesday, August 30th. Brett Veach, the first question off the top. What is his likelihood that Chris Jones or his hopefulness that Chris Jones will suit up in the NFL season opener against the Detroit Lions. This was his answer. I mean, listen, um, certainly hopeful for that. Um, you know, we have been in communication, and uh, actually just the last two days um, we've been in more communication. So um, we're going to continue to press on and, and, and work hard and a lot of respect on, on both sides of this thing. And, um, I mean, it's been obviously well stated how we feel about Chris, and he feels the same way. So, again, we're just going to keep keep working on this thing and, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to next Thursday and, and hopefully he's in the lineup and he's ready to go. I don't think there's a lot there. I think this is what a company man says when he's asked a difficult question. And I think both sides are trying their best because it has gotten uglier. I will say there have been everybody was playing nice for a while. It hasn't been as nice from the Jones camp recently, but it seems like the Chiefs are still kind of smiling and waving. I think we're at a major impasse here because, Mark, if he doesn't play in this first game, I think we go for a while before we see Chris Jones again between, obviously, week two and week eight. Um, but if if he does suit up and play in this first game, what, what can we expect? Like, re reasonably for a guy who, yes, we understand he was a deep boy candidate last year, one of the most impactful players in the league, uh, 14 and a half sacks, all the numbers, whatever. He didn't show up to camp, didn't show up to mandatory mini camp. You're telling me he could just walk off the street and, and make plays on Sunday? I find that hard to believe. Uh, well, this one will be on Thursday, actually. But, no, I, I don't. I think if he did play week one, it will definitely be a snap count. I'll be surprised if he surpassed 50% of the snaps defensively if he did play week one. Um, I, I just don't see that happening, knowing how Andy Reid is, how he runs his camp. Uh, those guys were down at St. Joe putting in a lot of work, obviously, and in the preseason, he still played as starters. So I don't think he's going to be the coach that just allows him, even though it's Chris Jones, 
to uh, just come in week one and play 80, 90 percent of the snaps. I don't think that's going to be the case. It's something to monitor. Chris Jones, I, I wrote down three questions when we're talking about Chris Jones now, because this is a topic that we've gone on at this point months now talking about when is a deal going to get done? What does a deal look like? Guaranteed money versus average annual value. What is his true value? Is 30 million overpaying? Like, There's been so many angles that we've tried to cover this Chris Jones topic from. So when we talk about what's next, next steps, camps over, preseason's over. He's talking about week eight now. My expectations are even starting to change on Chris Jones. Like, I wonder, I think a lot of the social media stuff has played into uh, the Chiefs' hands. I think the Chiefs are very happy anytime he sends out a new tweet at this point. I think they probably see that as um, marketing for their cause and and the Chiefs fans starting to get a little agitated. That always kind of leans towards, leans more towards pro management in that case, in my opinion. But my worry now is that when Chris Jones does come back, because it is a win, in my opinion, not an if, that he's hurt himself long term, whether it is here in Kansas City where it's or whether it's somewhere else. This is starting to stretch into one of those legacy defining type things. And I hate to say that because dude has done everything that he deserves to do as far as get paid. He won a Super Bowl. He was a D-Hoy finalist. Like he finally got that big weight off his shoulders as far as postseason sack is concerned. Had one of the biggest sacks of the postseason as far as KC is concerned last year. I wonder, and we didn't really get much from from Veach there because there was a follow-up as far as, you know, when you say communication, is it communication towards a deal or is it communication towards him showing up, which I think is which is another interesting question. Um, where's Chris Jones' head at when he comes back, man? Physically, he could be all right, but does he want to give it all? Get, does he want to still give it all for, for Chiefs Kingdom at this point? Is that something you, you worry about, Mark? I can't hear Mark at all uh, right now, so why don't you jump out and jump back in, Mark, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll chat with Aaron for here for a couple of minutes. You know, honestly, sir, it's it's refreshing. It, it's <laughs> it's truly refreshing because I come on this platform. I've been in that same situation, trying to get my thoughts off, trying to get my takes off, and it's a helpless feeling. I think this is the first time he's ever had internet issues. So, um, so then, yo, the KC fans are on, yo, they are giving it, give it to him, please. Thank you. Yeah, I, it's about, I, I feel like he's due for this because it always seems to be on your end. So, um, preseason's over though, Serta. Come on now, you know, I'm in, I'm in regular season four, you know. It's, at least it's not game week. We got one more week, so to get the internet situation figured out. Um, well, let me ask you: Are you worried about Chris Jones long term? Are you worried about Chris Jones giving it it all for his giving it his all for the kingdom now after this is dragged on into what is now week one? Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, everyone should be because. It was fun and it was kind of a joke early on in training camp where it was like, oh, he'll he'll show up eventually. He's not going to miss games. He's not going to miss games. I don't see how he's going to play week one. Like Brett Veach is just saying what he's supposed to say as a general manager, but there's no way, even if he reported tomorrow, there's no way the Chiefs are going to be confident that he is in game ready shape to take the field. Next week on a short week, by the way, for Thursday night opening the NFL season. So it's just not going to happen. Like, I think Chiefs fans should be really worried because it could be weeks. If he reports soon, it could be weeks before he's actually 100% and ready to go. One part of this that I I put in the show notes because I really want, I don't know if we really touched on this enough i think mark goes is trying to come back on now with a little bit of an echo appreciate you mark it it seems like you're in regular season form (laughs) as we roll here on episode 53 of chiefs coast to coast chris jones made it absolutely clear how he felt about frank clark he told us at every turn frank clark is my boy i don't want to play in kc without frank clark i don't think he needs to go anywhere else he's crucial to what we do on defense he's crucial to what how what our defensive identity here is in kansas city 
His header on Twitter is Frank Clark. When Frank Clark was going through all his drama off the field, Chris Jones stood by him. When he was dealing with the stomach issues earlier in the season, Chris Jones stood by him. Now, he's done a lot of these things for other teammates. I remember him getting up at the podium and stumping for Melvin Ingram as well and saying Melvin Ingram was his boy and he didn't want to see if uh, he didn't want to see Melvin Ingram play anywhere else. That didn't work out. I think specific to Frank Clark and Chris Jones, Frank Clark going to an in-division rival hurt him and his relationship with his team. That's not me reporting anything. That's not me going with any inside information. So please don't aggregate me. But I think for a fact, think for a fact, I don't know why I said that back to back. I think for a fact that the, that, that harmed his relationship. In addition to, I'm sure, some money talk and him not having an appropriate value on what his agents had uh, slotted for his negotiation. But I don't think we've mentioned enough how Frank Clark going to Denver possibly impacted that relationship between the front office and uh, Chris Jones. We're just not going to have Mark Gunnels today. Yeah, I think we're... We tried. Uh... We tried. <laughs> I'm waiting for... I, I mean, he's not even... Yeah, the audio is not even coming through anymore. So, I don't know. I don't know what to do, Mark. You know what know it is? You problems. know what? I, I know exactly what it is. It's the shirt. <laughs> it's the shirt. <laughs> for those who are audio only, Mark Gunnels joined this podcast today in a Kansas Jayhawk shirt. Loud and proud. He couldn't wait. He was straightening it up, making sure the collar was right and everything. And we can't even the, hear him. The co- the comments on Mark's audio <laughs> right now are kind of killing me. <laughs> Spit it out, KC kid. Hey, when you're when it's hometown, they don't take it easy on you. They, they uh, really don't take it easy on you. Uh, what do you think? I mean, we're talking Chris Jones, Frank Clark. Like, I know Frank Clark had a big cap hit. I'm not saying that they should have kept him. I and I was one of the first people that said that he didn't fit what they did long term because he's an older guy. He wasn't really impactful into the late part of the season anyway. But when you're talking about trying to keep one of your franchise cornerstones happy and Chris Jones, it just felt like that was one of the 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 moments that Chris realized, oh, this is they're not necessarily like everything I want I can get yeah and you know I don't think they should have brought Frank Clark back either but I think I brought it up a while back that I do think there's something to the idea that because I know Chiefs fans want to say and Chris Jones has said this like he wants to be a Kansas City Chief for life and he cares about winning rings and helping win titles and all of that stuff but I think there is something to the fact that Chris Jones looks around that defensive room and he's like Where's all the guys that I won Super Bowl rings with? Because they're not there anymore. Like, you know, there's there's some second year players that were a part of that Super Bowl team last year. But Chris Jones has been to three different Super Bowls and he's the only guy besides Derek Nottie who's still on that defensive line. And I think that weighs into things like because and he was vocal, if you remember, over the summer when he was saying, bring back Frank, bring back my guy, the shark. Like he wanted Frank Clark to come back and. Sometimes it's tough for players to swallow when the organization just says, no, we're not just bringing your guy back. Like, that's not how we're going to do business. And I think that's something that does impact this stuff, whether you realize it or not. Serta, there was a point in the offseason where he was tweeting a picture of Frank Clark every day (laughs) with the intention of catching the front office's attention. This was before we were worried about the contract. This was like, yes, that was in the air, but that wasn't the front of mind topic. Frank Clark was still kind of talked about on whether he would be here whether he would be back. I mean, Chris Jones made it absolutely clear how he felt before. And then after it happened too, he was not very happy. I think SMH, there were a couple words that we're not going to necessarily say on this family platform as well that he said, look, I, the, there are nuances inside of a football locker room and personality and managing personalities is a big part of it. I think Andy Reid, that's what makes him so successful. Yes. X's and O's. He's a great offensive mind. One of the great, greatest offensive, uh, play callers and a quarterback whisperer and all that good stuff. But part of what makes Andy Reid so great is that he knows how to manage personalities, including Frank Clark, who is a guy that many teams just threw their hands up and said, you know what? I can't necessarily work with this, or this isn't how we like to do business. I think that we, when we're talking about Chris and of course we're stalling here for Mark to try and throw his internet back together. Um, I just thought we haven't talked about Frank Clark enough in this whole situation. Who's now happy and healthy in his division. And you'll see him twice a year, which I'm sure I'm sure Chris Jones is like, wow, really? Like not only did he not go to another team, he went to another team. Like we're, he went to Denver, our biggest rival. And 
you know, Andy Reid's comments recently when he's been asked about him and it's about as frustrated as I can remember Andy Reid ever sounding because like all of that players coach, like everybody loves playing for Andy and that's why they fight so hard for him. And they go through his grueling training camp. Like this has even tested that with Andy Reid. He's like, he's that frustrated about all of this. Just as Chris Jones, I'm sure is frustrated about is, is Steve Spagnuolo is frustrated about is Brett Beach is frustrated about it, but I don't think that they ever dreamed that it was going to be this close to week one. And Chris Jones was just going to keep racking up the fines. Like he didn't care and, and give them no indication that he was going to show up at any point. I'm scrolling through the chat here to answer some questions. Is Mark Gunnels back with us? Mark Gunnels. Is back now? I think he's operational. He's not oh, lagging. Oh my gosh. You all right? They, <laughs> yeah, they, they in the chat whooping your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! You know what it is, and I told Sir to this, but I'm gonna say it to you. It's the shirt, man. Why, why, why you do that? Oh, this is set. This sets you up perfectly for that. <laughs> I have to switch laptops, dude. Well, just really quickly, Sir and I went over it. We kind of got a little bit of your response, but just very point blank. I feel like Frank Clark and how the Chiefs handled that maybe left a sour taste in Chris Jones's mouth. And maybe he noticed at that point, like, uh, they're not all for me. You know, maybe I'm not the guy that they're willing to move heaven and earth for. Do you think that has impacted how he maybe sees the front office or kind of sees his future in KC? Yeah, absolutely. Cause I mean, I tweeted this before, if this was Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey, your man in top dollar at their position, there would be no argument. There, there would be, no, it would be non-negotiable as far as uh, they're concerned. And uh, Brett Veach would give them, I think, whatever they wanted. So I think it's very clear those are the only two guys that he's willing to do that for. Um, now, I, I think with Chris Jones, I think there is a fair offer on the table. I, I do believe this is not me reporting anything, just pure speculation. But I do believe he has an offer that would make him the second highest in his position behind Aaron Donald. And maybe Chris Jones and this team wanted to be wanted to surpass Aaron Donald, and Brett Beach is not willing to do that. That sounds like reporting to me. I mean, I don't have any sources, so I'm just I don't, I'm just speculating. <laughs> let's go. Let, let's go to Vegas before your internet craps out. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by at least Let's go to Vegas with Mark. It feels good to be on the other end for once, you know, finally, you know, I'm stable. I'm on even ground over here. And and Mark Gunnels is the one going through hell over there in L.A. So let's just get to him. We're talking fantasy football. This is kind of that window here between the preseason and the regular season. A lot of people doing their drafts. A lot of people either have done their drafts or are getting ready to do drafts. The Chiefs, obviously, one of the best offenses in all of football. They have plenty of players that people are eyeing. Last year, Mahomes told y'all ahead of the ahead of the season, hey, it's going to be a different guy every year. Mark Gunnels has opened up his crystal ball. He knows who Kansas City uh, will be targeting week in and week out, but has also delivered a sleeper. Let, let, let's start with your sleeper first, then I have uh, a couple other additional Chiefs fantasy questions for you. Yeah, so I mean, I don't think this would be too much of a surprise for our loyal listeners that listen to us every Wednesday. But I think for national people that may not know, I think Sky Moore is worth a, a stab in the later rounds because I do think he is going to be the leading receiver in yards and catches. Uh, touchdowns, I'm not 100% sure about that because he's not a really a big body receiver when you get in the red zone. You probably see more of a Kelsey, maybe even Justin Ross may get a lot of touchdowns, uh, but not a lot of yards. But I do think as far as between the 20s, Sky Moore would be that guy that moves the chains, gets you first downs, middle of the field type stuff from the slide. I think he's going to get a lot of work, a lot of targets for sure. Sky Moore is Mark Gunnels' fantasy sleeper, and that's no surprise considering I think you said he would go for 600 yards this year. Was that is that what the, is that we clipped him? No, in the I on? said more than that. I, I'm saying like 800, close maybe close to a thousand. All right, well we're gonna have to reclip that now, sir. So let's make sure we between, get that between 800 and a thousand. That's where I'm at. 
all right, he doubled down on it. I'm gonna make sure to get my gates or whatever it is off, <laughs> off the back of that when Sky Moore gets a little bit closer to to 500 or six, in my opinion. My second question is around Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. This is a guy that a lot of people have been eyeing in earlier rounds. His ADP or average draft position is five overall, which is nuts. Of course, you're buying in because tight end is a very shallow position, and Travis Kelsey is not only the best tight end when it comes to catching passes and touchdowns, but one of the best pass catchers just in general. I wonder if you think that <laughs> I wonder if you think Travis Kelsey will meet, exceed, or maybe fall short of his projections as far as fantasy. Right now he drafted in the first round on average. I think he'll meet it. Uh he I think he's still in his prime. He had one of his best years just a season ago. And he's still the clear-cut main guy. You know, you don't have a Tyreek Hill, obviously. And we saw the usage for him tick up a little bit last year, especially when you're talking about touchdowns and targets and things of that nature. So I think you see a similar year this year, um, maybe slightly below his numbers last year. I do think the receiver room is deeper and more talented. And I think just with a year, being a year older, you may pull back just a little bit. But I still think he meets the criteria that you're expecting for fantasy this year. But I don't think he's going to exceed them. And then we'll stick with uh, another big name or big priced value. It's uh, Patrick Mahomes. Currently ADP in PPR leagues is 17. So that's right there in that second round. If you want to do the Kelsey Mahomes stack, you're going to have to use your first two picks on a quarterback and a tight end. I've kind of strayed away from Mahomes in the past just because you never really know. It depends on your your league, of course, and your format and that sort of thing, where you feel like guys are going. But I've always felt like you could get good quarterback value later in rounds. But if you're a guy who really wants Mahomes, you want that top-end value, you feel like he's a shoe-in for another 40-touchdown year, uh, you saw where the, the ADP and the draft position is kind of in the second round. Is Mahomes worth your first your your first pick in the second round in your opinion mark or would would you wait for value later with maybe a smaller name yeah i'm always the wait for value guy when it comes to quarterbacks i normally get them in the fourth round kind of like my sweet spot you can get like a dak prescott type of guy or kirk cousins you know one of those fringe top 10 quarterbacks that still put up good fantasy numbers so i i don't think it's worth even though we know how good Patrick Mahomes is taking one in the second round. That's not my strategy. So there it is. Vegas Mark is doing his fantasy football analysis this week. He says his sleeper is Sky Moore entering the 2023 season. As far as the Kansas City Chiefs are concerned, he likes Travis Kelsey to meet his ADP value in the first round at number five overall on average. So if it weren't, we're taking the risk, according to Mark, and then finally wait for value on quarterback with Patrick Mahomes likely going in the second round of your league. If you take Mark's advice, please send us the screenshots of, of where you finish in your league so I can show uh, I can show Mark uh, <laughs> how bad his advice is. Wow, you're such a hater, man. This I'm just ridiculous. glad to have you on the show, man. I'm just glad to have you on the show. It was me. You've been waiting for this day. You've been waiting for this day. I've never had Wi-Fi issues ever. This is show. What number are we on? 53. Yeah, normally it's you, but 41 must have improved their their uh, Wi-Fi. I put the call in, man. What can I tell you? <laughs> Let's get to a couple more questions before we get out of here. Remember, Chiefs Coast to Coast is back weekly starting next week. We will have a preview for the week one opener on September 6th. The opener is on the 7th, of course, but we will be back here at our usual time, Wednesdays at 6, giving you a preview for that matchup. And then from then on out through the rest of the regular season, we will be back to our recording once a week schedule on Wednesdays. Really active chat today. Really appreciate y'all rocking with us. This one's a little bit further out, but sure. Lego with my ego has thrown a lot of questions in here and wants to know, are you worried about playing in Germany? Should we play the starters or play the second string considering we don't know what the field conditions are going to be? Are you worried about the Germany game? My goodness. Oh man. Nah, that's a real game. We gotta, we gotta go. And playing Tyreek, you know, that's, that's going to be a bragging rights game. We can't have him going on his podcast that week after talking about how they beat the Chiefs. You know, he'll, he'll go crazy if they win that game. I know um, I know it's a little far out, but usually teams have flown a little bit of advance. So with that Germany game, usually teams will, will, usually teams will travel on 
um, you know, the Saturday, spend the night, play on Sunday, and, and leave after the game. And but the I Chiefs be- have a they have a bye after that week too. They have a bye after that. I believe they're leaving on either the Thursday or the Friday. It's not they're, – they're staying as – I say that to say they're staying as close to their usual schedule as possible. Andy Reid wants to keep the distractions to a minimum. He doesn't want guys out in Germany for two and three nights possibly getting into who knows what. Uh, it, it's early to look ahead to that one, but obviously that's a marquee game, and I believe the Chiefs will try to stay as close to their usual travel schedule as possible a couple more chris jones comments oh actually i like this one from shelly rich and king goes right against what you said about sky Moore. no receiver will get over a thousand yards pat will throw to multiple weapons but he will be good i agree with you shelly i am right on track with what pat said last year this offense post tyreek hill will be built on scattering the ball around to as many weapons as possible i don't think any receiver will get over a thousand yards. I think the closest one will be Mark Hillis Valdez Scantling, just like he did last year. But for Mark to say that Sky Moore is a thousand yard receiver, I think it's a little hype in that. I said 800 to a thousand. You like to leave off the front part of my statement. <laughs> and not to mention, you know, Juju, if he didn't miss a couple games last year, he would have had a thousand yards. He had 933 last year, by the way. I like that. I like that as a correction, important correction. And you think Sky will be the closest to a thousand this year? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Gary says this is his first time here, and he subscribed and like Gary. Appreciate you for stopping hey, by. I think we should. I think we should put a wager on who has more yards between Sky and MVS. Something fun for the show. I'll take MVS, and if Sky has more yards, I will wear a KU shirt and have bad Wi-Fi for an entire show. How about that? <laughs> and oh if, my god! And if MVS goes over Sky, you got to wear a Mizzou shirt and have pristine Wi-Fi. God, having a Mizzou shirt on just sounds so nasty. Oh my god! Okay, it's a deal. It's a deal. It's a deal. We got that. Mark that down. Steven Serta, excellent work here on episode 53. Even jumping into the into the chair in the last minute. Appreciate that. Mark is going to get his upgraded Wi-Fi in time for our week one preview, September 6th, here on Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. In the meantime, Mark, you got anything else before we get out of here? Um, Next week, I'll start having my plays for every game. I'll have my, my plays on the spread. That's what I'm going to do. So just in case you don't know, if you're a new listener, for every week, I have I make a play on the spread for every Chiefs game, and then I'm at least trying to give you a couple of player props to go along with that. So save those coins. If you want to throw them down the drain, wait. Mark will give you a different way on how to how to light your money on fire. Bet the house on it. <laughs> Bet the house on it. Yes, indeed. Bet the house on it. Chiefs Coast to Coast is back next week. We'll see y'all then. 